bombs Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Is It Worse Than 311? I'm R. Crow. I'm joined with Mr. John Stokes via telephone. Hey. Say hi, John. Well, hey, what's up? Uh, this is our first ever podcast, sort of. Uh, so it's going to be rough. It's going to be choppy. We figured we should lay down a little bit of history for you and explain what we're trying to do here. Um, this is Is It Worse Than 311, where we determine if your band is worse than 311. This all starts from a guy that we both knew back in the day, Gabe. He uh, would insist over and over again that 311 was the worst band he had ever heard. Uh, it became such a thing that when he was working at a liquor store, the price 311 would come up several times and he would say out loud, 311 the worst band ever and this all culminated in him coming home one day to tell me that uh the drummer for 311 had in fact been in the store as he was saying that 311 was the worst band ever now we cannot confirm this uh maybe maybe the drummer for 311 would like to reach out to us and and uh weigh in on that. I hope not because of what's about to happen here. Um, we do not think that 311 is the worst band ever. Mr. Stokes, do you agree? No, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get we'll get to that, but yeah, we'll we'll explain why. Definitely not uh, the worst band ever. And I would say the drummer is maybe one of the strong um, the strong points of the band. <laughs> it's kind of maybe the you know, the, well, you know the drummers. It's got a good drummer. You could say it's got a good that. drummer. Uh, I, the bass player and the drummer are both featured in plenty of magazines about solid rhythm section. Yep, 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 yep. Um, somewhat revered by some people. Really? Yeah, yeah. I can yeah, see I, that. All right. I, yeah, that's cool. They're, yeah, that's that's Perhaps. what I mean. Like, with the with the, the they're the kind of guys that are featured in the you know the drum magazines for or the bass magazines for their technique i suppose right bass player uh, right I mean, we what's can... up bass player <laughs> what's up slap bass player <laughs> i wonder if that's a thing i'm gonna look it up <clears throat> the slap bass slap if there's slap bass player peanut peanut definitely plays some slap bass so oh, yeah. i guess i guess that's a what we, what we will normally do on a i don't know however often we're gonna do this weekly monthly it doesn't really matter uh, especially if we don't have any listeners uh we're going to examine a band chronologically, discussing the finer and less fine points of these bands. And then at the end of every episode, we are going to give you our decision if it is worse than 311. But today, we have to look at 311. I'm excited. Are you excited? Oh, man. I've been... Um ruining my youtube and spotify algorithms preparing for this i'm i i won't even put it on spotify because i don't want it to suggest it to me at I, all man i should have logged in as a is there a guest or something i should have done something like i should have logged in as a guest on youtube you know my friend uh his kids were over here and they ruined youtube for me for like a month and i realized i could do a guest and i didn't learn the lesson from that so yeah next time 
I won't be listening. I won't be smash mouthing on my YouTube account. Little sneak peek for future episodes. But yeah, I'm well, excited, I, man. I mean, at least, uh, at least I do. I, I do a good portion of the research. You know, I, I mean, I want you to listen to some of it, but uh, you won't have to listen to the entirety of 311's self-titled album like I did just before starting this. And Ooh. yeah, no, it was it was numbing, a little numbing. I, I got into an argument, by the way. Uh, I stopped off to get some tacos by by the uh the microbrewery and uh ended up getting into an argument with a with an anti-masker for a half second there it's a you know you don't find a lot of them out here right but uh right when, when i was walking away all, all i could think is man man i i really feel like that all started because i was just irritated from listening to 311 self-titled album well and that energy you know <laughs> like the the mid to late 90s you know I don't know that vibe of that. Uh, yeah, I think of going to shows back then when I was really young, and there, there, that was definitely the vibe was was not loose. I don't know. I don't think Three Eleven seems like that kind of band, but I think their fans probably are. There's probably well, some shoving at Three Eleven shows over you, you a know, dude's uh, girlfriend. Actually, I mean, I, I think there's like some of that in the, in the Three Eleven fandom, but uh, from what I've I've seen here is that. Uh, they they they're all about positivity you know yeah. and, uh, and and the good feeling type of thing and i guess a lot of their fans consider it to be more of like a, a rage against the machine that's not angry or like okay. Uh, okay. like you know you know like some of that more new metally type of stuff that they can listen to while they're smoking weed and not have to feel aggressive or whatever uh, yeah, I could, but I think in the mid '90s that I don't know. I wonder if that existed then. Well, I, I, I feel, feel like, like just mid- every young man was angry. I, I feel like that's that's part of I, I what I, I would say is maybe the problem I have with 311. Uh, not that I want to talk entirely bad about 311, although we're going to we're going to shit all over this band. Part of the thing is is that they were uh, in the '90s. You everybody almost had to have that machismo, grungy edge to them, and. Uh, 311's response was, well, we don't want to be that, but we want to have that. And so what they're playing is from this just, I don't know, almost counterproductive mindset, it seems like to me. Um, works for them, obviously. We're talking about them. You know? It's like the Pixies, but the soft part is reggae with a little rap mixed in. Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we never got Gabe to say that there was a worse band except for maybe Red Hot Chili Peppers. Do you remember if there was anything? He might have agreed on Smash Mouth. Is that right? Well, I don't think we ever got to have that discussion, but I mean, that was the whole, you know, we'll start this podcast and then I'm going to come debate him that I think I can make a case that Smash Mouth is is much worse than 311. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that uh, Gabe was supposed to be this podcast, but years ago Gabe passed, so this is us continuing... The quest to figure out what is actually worse than 311 for his namesake. Uh, I think he would appreciate that. I, I do too. Uh, and I think he'd be pissed. I think he would disagree with us up and down and tell us that 311 is the worst band ever. This would be a better <laughs> podcast uh, if, if he were on it, but we'll do what we can, if we can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we probably won't have to censor it quite as much without him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do we got here? I'm I'm a while we're while we're before we go into the chronological order of 311 and how we came to know Peanut, Nick Hexum, and Chad Sexton, and 
the rest of the boys, uh, I, I want to talk about our first encounters with the band 311. 311. What's the first thing you remember from this epic, um, legendary band? Definitely the uh, the down video on MTV, and uh, I will give it. I will give that props that it does start with this like you know very like boss distortion wah wah pedal thing with him like what do you call those doing harmonics but the beat of it's yeah it's kind of like this really i don't want to say abstract but it's kind of an interesting for the first thing you hear of a band it's kind of like a little out there and then like the whole thing comes in i thought that was kind of cool but i didn't like the song at all i really hated 311 um, immediately would you say that the uh that that guitar line with the beat coming in would you say that it's a chill oh yeah it's chill i just i didn't get the 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 rap and rock thing at that point at all and that and i don't even think i got maybe understood rage against the machine yet because that was like 95 sure and um you know i think it was like not until like i started smoking weed and then somebody was like well they're like a weed band and I heard the live album, and I was like, "Oh, 311 is actually kind of cool." Um, you know, I went through like a period where, like, well, they're like a weed band, and they do this reggae thing, and like that, you know, like you go to someone's house and like like they play the 311, and you'd be like, "Yeah, this is kind of cool," I guess. Um, and all my friends went and saw them. I think this is before the weed thing. They went and saw them at K Wings, and um, I didn't get a ticket with them because I I didn't really like 311. And then I got jealous that like they were all going to go to this concert, so I went to Nightwinds to get a ticket, and uh, they, it was sold out, and so I didn't get to go to see 311. But all my friends did go. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty much to this my. Day. Yeah, the one guy, the other guy who went, I guess like like the. You know, took my place or whatever. He lost his shoe. He came back with just one shoe. I remember that. Well, you, you know, it's a good show if you're losing clothing. So. Yeah, but I mean, we were like, you know, this is like when Kids. I was like 13 or something. Someone's dad took, you know, would have taken us. So it wasn't right. like that cool. But it was cool, I guess, back then. But you know, anyhow. So that's pretty much my entire relationship with 311. How about sure, yourself? Sure. Yeah, that's a. I, you know, I the weed thing. It's the weed thing. Yeah, I feel yeah. like if you if you were a high school kid in the '90s and you were smoking any weed at all, somebody was gonna tell you to listen to some fucking reggae influenced fusion fucking shitty pop band, and uh, 311 was brought to me the first time I remember hearing about them. Uh, it was because of the song. Was it Who's Got the Herb? Who's Got the Herb? Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't remember who it was. It was one of the kids that smoked weed with me at lunchtime, and uh, they would go to like festivals and shit. And they came back saying that they heard about this band. Whoa, they got this band, fucking grassroots. They do the whole grassroots type of thing. You know, they just travel around to get their name out there. And they do like reggae, but it's like punk and rap. Uh, I thought it would be cool. <laughs> you know, I thought it was like underground. This must have been when the grassroots album had like been out and that was their like second one you know right right probably right when down probably right when the next album was coming out and down was getting put oh man so you were on like the early early 311 because some fucking hippie told me that fucking they saw him at a festival or some shit yeah the early early quote unquote but i'm sure that even then when when we're saying it's early down was probably playing 
middle of the night on MTV. I don't. Do you remember uh, what was that? Headbangers Ball was that the one? I feel like yeah. there's another another one though that was more alternative. 120 minutes. That yeah yeah. I, Headbangers I, Ball is probably like a little before our time. It was still on, I think, in the early '90s. But yeah, 120 I, minutes for sure. I remember was. watching Headbangers Ball for sure. I remember a lot of Matt Penfield. I was oh. down down with that shit. Did he take over that? In the early yeah. 90s, it was still the 80s guy, the Ricky, uh, whatever his name oh, is. Oh, with the hair? Yeah. Because <laughs> the if you look with- at like those Nirvana clips, that's what I remember. Um, and probably, I probably saw those like after the fact, but he was still the host of that, like trying to still be cool. Matt Pin- okay, if Matt Pinfield was on it, then I definitely watched it because I remember watching him for sure on MTV. You, uh, but I might, I might be wrong about... Either way, I still remember... Whatever the show on there that, was, that like it, ska fusion shit was starting to get popular and playing at like three o'clock in the morning when I was in like I don't know freshman year of high school something like that. And, yeah, and I, definitely. I, I think Three Eleven may have had a video on there about that time, but I didn't know what it was. It wasn't playing uh, in the middle of the day like it would come to soon enough. So, yeah, I, I had heard of this band. I'd heard that they were cool, uh, but I didn't listen to them. And then uh, I, I had a friend, Dolph, Ryan Dolph, who was supposed to do the show with us. Uh, I told him he could do the show with us when we did a 311 episode, but I didn't realize then that it pretty much has to be the first episode if this is going to be the premises of the show. So, sorry, Dolph. I'm just going to talk about the fact that you like 311 now instead of having well, you talk about them. We can bring if them 311 on. is like, um, you know, the, the kind of like cornerstone of this thing, you could always do intermittent like uh, check-ins on 311. You know, yeah, they're kind yeah. of the center of our, which is really bizarre. Like, I don't think I, you know, I ever well, conceived of having a greater relationship with 311, but here we are. I'm not entirely happy about it either, other than the fact that... Uh, I mean, what a concept for a podcast here, huh? <laughs> I, mean, I think it kind of works. We'll see. We'll see. Right, we'll, we'll see. I don't know, it's a, a music history podcast. If you, it's a podcast, whatever. Nobody likes them anyway. We all pretend. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, Dolph, Dolph and some of his friends, uh, uh, Jeff and those guys, they skater kids, you know, skaters and bikers. They would do all the sports and shit that weren't like sports uh they let me borrow some 311 and i I listened to it uh probably about the same time that like incubus was starting to hit the radio i would have said "Mm, yeah i don't i don't really listen to 311 but i have they're okay they can play incubus you know the early at that point was like very different than i think the like i don't even know what you call it like that became very popular because yeah, I yeah, saw well, them uh, in the early, late, ni- 98 maybe. I didn't even know who they were. My friend just like, his parents got divorced, so his dad was taking him to concerts, you know, and he dropped us off at the Metro. And System of a Down opened. I'd never heard of any of these bands. This is, I think, like, summer of 98. And they sure. were, like, more of a metal band than, like... Yeah, they they started off as, like, a Mr. Bungle rip-off music. band. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Like for just going into a cold and System of a Down, like they were doing the stuff off their first album, and like just like seeing that as like a random opening band was pretty mind blowing. Actually, they were awesome. Oh hell yeah, yeah. The when I when I first heard Incubus, that was uh, 
I mean, that's that's for something else entirely. But yeah, the first those first two Incubus albums, I thought now I would not probably because I've heard so much else that sounds like that, but better. But those first two albums were not my first exposure for that band. That's all I can really say. And that uh, when I did have a first exposure to Incubus, it was definitely when they were stepping into their pop phase. And it was definitely around the same time when I would have been like, yeah. I'll get stoned and listen to 311 with yeah. you, not on my own time. Um, I, I, I associate Incubus and 311 as part of the same, uh, you know, milieu of some sort. I don't know. Somehow yeah, I, they go together. I absolutely agree. Sugar Ray. I, it's, it's sort of like how corn um, leads to Limp Bizkit. Yeah, Limp Bizkit leads to. Oh, we have to do those guys. Oh we yeah, we got those bands. Do all of them? I'm telling you, we got to do some good ones in there too, where we don't absolutely hate the band, and we can actually. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, yeah, like, yeah, something's got to be better than Three Eleven. It can't all be worse than Three Eleven. Though I, I would say Corn and Limp Bizkit are worse than Three Eleven. Though I think the first Corn album is kind of cool, actually. Yeah, the yeah, first yeah. one. Yeah, I'll, I uh, I liked it. I might still put it on. Even the second one has some stuff. The second one, if you listen, I went. I probably about five years ago. I found a copy of it, my friend's copy, and uh, the the first like ten twenty seconds of every song are like, this is actually really good, and then it just gets shitty. <laughs> but like all the intros are really killer. Like, really good intros, and then it just sucks. And then Jonathan Davis starts crying and making goblin noises. Basically, yeah. But that worked on the first album, I thought, because it was just, like, very heavy and, like, I don't know, it just had a good, like, an interesting, that kind of had a different sound for the metal that was around at that point. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, it, it confuses me still that, back to Mr. Bungle, uh, that's, uh, that's a band that cites Mr. Bungle as one of their biggest influences and really I don't fucking hear it don't yeah i don't get it. that at all uh but they're from like they're both from bakersfield so it's it's possible they're like hip to their very early demos and like maybe i mean that's if, more... if you're from there you probably saw them play right yeah so that might so, be different like if you had that it might make sense from that if you just think of that early stuff you know you know i think we should uh possibly point out real quick since uh, we've never done one of these podcasts unless you decide to go back and listen to the you fuck you podcast on pigcrackrecords.com which underrated podcast yeah it's not a i'm entirely in character the whole time it's not like the same uh we should probably go over the fact we don't necessarily listen to this kind of music um i wouldn't even say necessary we don't at we all don't. yeah yeah and that's that's a another part of this podcast is the exploration of bands that maybe we don't know a whole hell of a lot about or even like um especially nowadays even reggae i i, I like reggae i i have a my guitar teacher was a was a rastafarian dude that made me listen to reggae uh nice you know there's oh a, yeah yeah a lot like of great the- shit dub and reggae and uh, ska and all that real you know ska not 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 like 90s like fusion 311 yeah. style I, I never was in even i remember but i think also that the, the ska all that stuff is i think a lot of it also is like it was popular when we were in like high school or junior high or something oh, yeah and so you're aware of it like if i had been 20 something i probably never would have even heard these bands like 
you know the bands that I didn't listen to ten years after this. Like I couldn't do an episode on the Strokes. I'd have to like actually hear. You know, I don't remember any of that because I just didn't even check it out because I was like twenty or whatever. So I was into it or whatever. Have to sit down and like go into some of it in order to even understand. Maybe they're good. I know a lot of people like them. They might be a really good band. I don't know. I should probably listen to that. That's one of those bands that had that one that one album, and I. I listened to it and I liked it. And that was it. It's just a rock album, and I guess they kept playing, and I just didn't care. Yeah, I, I, same same for me. I guess in the in the aspect of uh, if we did an episode on the on the Strokes, I would very much have to go through and and uh, do my research. It it wouldn't just be opinion. Where uh, this three eleven one, uh, I, I know a little bit about three eleven. I I definitely had a little bit of a closer experience with that type of band. Unfortunately, it's very popular when I was in high school. <laughs> Woof. 311, huh? 311. Well, should we go through, you want to go through the, Let's do it. the chronology of the, I guess, so this all started in Omaha, Nebraska, yeah? Omaha, Nebraska, they say probably 1980-something, 1988. Wow, really? Uh, yeah, see, that, and so that's that's a... Part of my so I'm like I'm I'm defend we're defending 311 here, you understand that every episode we are absolutely defending 311. That's uh, interesting. It is interesting because I don't want to. <laughs> that them starting in the 80s, uh, and and bringing a sound that is reggae based. It is a a reggae fusion, but it's also coming from this place of, of these guys liked hardcore music and, and hip-hop. And these are all underground cultures, um, generally with somewhat of an aggressive attitude, that it, it, it's, it's not something that comes together very often. Um, and starting in the 80s, you, you didn't have a lot of bands that were doing fusions of those type of styles. If you if you really think about it, um, yeah. I mean, who would you have at that point? Like Fishbone. Um, Fishbone, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, yeah, and um, so Faith No More. I maybe? guess uh, Faith Bungle. No More, Bungle. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, who's the other one? Oh, they, well, I guess the Infectious Grooves is some relation of those. And I wondered, um, what was uh, Biohazard? Uh, they did some kind of like crossover. I think I used to have this single of Onyx when I was probably 10. I went to the mall and bought Onyx Slam the single, and it was five versions of it, but one of them was with Biohazard, and the cover was all these white dudes with tattoos, and I was like, this is not what I signed up for, but I'll check it out. Because I was like very, at, at that point, I did not like any rock music. Like, I only liked hip hop. Like, that was all I would listen to. All right, all right. Know, yeah. For like, from like, you know, nineteen from like Ice Ice Baby until like I don't know. I got into Nirvana. Uh, was, I'm, I'm looking it, it up right now. Hip-hop. We're looking at about 1993 for the um, the Biohazard. Okay, so that was a, they were latecomers. I I feel like I feel like that might have been part of that, uh, and and it's kind of weird because you got you got bands that are starting this. Uh, I don't know what to call it, like a hip hop rock rock rap bands uh in the 80s towards the end of 80s rap rock bands are, are coming into thing and and you know back to the hardcore bands real quick with like uh 
it's like suicidal tendencies kind of got into that oh uh, yeah st absolutely of course uh, that's that maybe is like they might be the ogs of that oh I'm yeah for that. sure between them and and Did, anthrax and beastie boys i guess because beastie boys are technically a fucking hardcore band if you think yeah, about did it. It, so did anthrax have a lot of that because i was always very confused about um i got the beavis and butthead soundtrack which is i remember it had the nirvana song that's why i bought it but it had some other good stuff on it i think but uh you know the it was called the beavis and butthead experience not the oh, movie yeah, yeah. soundtrack yeah, I, the show, I, I got that but shit for the rob zombie was, yeah rob's that that was cool too or it was, it was a white zombie it was white zombie at the time Rob's yeah, on, he, yeah he anyhow anyhow um yeah yeah that was good stuff but um anthrax covered the beastie boys uh looking down the barrel of a gun right and so i and that was the first time i heard anthrax and then we thought like this is really cool because i don't think we'd ever heard the beastie boys songs so we just like well, this is what anthrax sounds like this is pretty cool and then my friend bought their cd and it was like you know metal and he's like this is not that sounds. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, did they do other no stuff idea, like huh? that though? No, no, that was like a. I think it was. I think that was like a, a Def Jam thing where they they were okay. working with you know uh, that weird cross section of of like hard rock metal and rap that you get with Def Jam because of the right. Rick Rubin and the Russell Simmons shit. Fucking. Uh, I, I think it was part of that, and and I I know that I I've seen some stuff about Anthrax wanting the beastie boys originally before they got public enemy which i personally like better choice uh at least for for that for that type of like amalgamation of 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 cultures type of thing uh but they really wanted the beastie boys and and that is why they did the cover of that song that you're talking about okay okay Uh, but I, i think it was only a couple albums i don't really get into anthrax it's not my favorite what do you like they say they're a thrash band yeah is it yeah, well, um, well, yeah, are, what was like Metallica and Slayer? What'd you call that? Uh, it, like early it would thrash. be thrash. It's uh, is it? Yeah, I think that, speed I think metal. Can, it's I, I, think know, I, I don't know the thrash. metal subgenre so well, but you know they're part of that whole Megadeth. <laughs> I think that's why I think of them: Slayer, Metallica, Anthrax. No, they're part of. I the, guess I saw Anthrax a couple you, years ago. Did you see ago. the Big Four or some shit? Uh, this was the Slayers' like final tour, and oh, nice. uh, an- the openers were a bunch of bands. It was like Anthrax and Lamb of God, I think, and uh, a Testament. And Fuck I don't, yeah, Testament. you know, I was like hanging out. It was like me and Sean and and Burke and Dave, and so I was just bullshitting with those guys so much. I don't even remember the show at all, but it was pretty cool. It was fun. Yeah, the, you know, Anthrax seems like a band that has a has a good time on stage and brings some Scott, You know, Scott Ian's a legendary dude, so and he's so, you know, he's a fast uh, right hand, so you know, it's cool. I respect yeah. that. Scott Ian's cool. Yeah, 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 Scott Ian's cool. Scott Ian's cool. I just don't better than 311. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, but uh they I think kind of Open the door, soft open the door for what we're going back to with the biohazard with Onyx. Slam, yeah. da, da, da. That's not the song you're talking about, but that, there there is a biohazard cover of Slam, I think, also. They were on that single. No, it's, it's with Onyx. Sick. Yeah, that song yeah, yeah. is dope as fuck, too. It <laughs> might be, I might have it somewhere. But yeah, I was really in. I did that. I left, me and two friends lip sync to that in the talent show in, uh, I think, fourth grade. That's hilarious. Yeah, I feel like that was a the soft open where all of a sudden 
you had all these bands pairing up with rap bands and doing soundtracks like the spawn soundtrack yeah uh, okay and i feel yeah, that like, was a big soundtrack spawn uh when that came out and the crow the, 2 was around that time also i think had some of that was there was there mashups on the on the crow one i know the crow one definitely not the first crow the first crow was all was one of the awesomest soundtracks of that time yeah Most it's good. awesome but it, you know it's all the bands doing covers right right the the second one the second one has that uh that weird funky boogeyman by white zombie right I don't. I didn't actually get the second crows. I just can remember being at the mall and seeing like Spawn and the and the Crow two together, and they both were like, seem like possibly good buys. That fucking Spawn soundtrack had the uh, Slayer Atari Teenage Riot song, and that uh, to like back when that came to me, that was like too far. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I, I, remember, I, I saw fucking, the movie. Uh, I, I loved Spawn at the time, and uh, relatively a fan of Slayer, but not like adamant fan or anything. Uh, and Atari Teenage Riot was like that annoying underground band that all my industrial fans listen to. My friends that listen to like industrial shit, you know. Uh, I kind of liked it. But when I heard that on the Spawn soundtrack, it was just like, Y'all are trying to scare people. <laughs> like, oh, this is me like being like 14, though, you know, 15, right, right. whatever. Yeah, was, what the fuck, man? This is, what is this sound? This is terrifying. This is. I think you were younger, man. I think Spawn was, was a little earlier. It's possible. It's hard to say. Well, I, no, I was probably 13 by then. Yeah, no, you're right. You were probably a year older than me, so that makes it, sense, yeah. Yeah, I was born in 1983. So, it's a fucking... Man, depending on what year that was, I guess I was like 13. Anyway. Yeah, I definitely had someone's like parents drove us to see that or something. But I feel like all of that culminated in 311 somehow. Or made way for 311. Because uh, what we're looking at, them starting in 1988, um, they release a few EPs on their own. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to any of that, if you tried. Uh, I don't, well, the first one I listened to was the guy holding the... Is he holding a gun or something on the cover? I don't know what that guy's doing. The really bad-looking cartoon on the cover. It's just called that's, 311. Is that their first real album? Oh, that's. I think that's music. Yeah, it's 1993. Music, music, that's it, yeah. yeah. That's the first one I listened to. Okay, they put out four self-release before that, which I actually think you might be somewhat interested in. Um, I listened to Downstairs, their first EP. It was 1989. I, I don't think at that point that, uh, that they had S.A., the DJ of the band. Uh, I don't think he was in it at that point, but it had a much more... Wait, does about- S.A. do DJ? Yeah, and I think he just sings too. No, no, they got him listed on the uh, Wikipedia as, as he does uh, some doing DJ. The, the, he huh? does the turntables. If there's any turntables, that's 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 SA. Interesting. That, that was how we first started, uh, apparently, okay, according to okay. some of this. And that, then they're like, "Hey, you can sing too." Right, right, right. Just, I, I, th- I think he did some work on Unity, which is their third self-release thing. 
which I'm, I'm going to go back real quick. We're going to we're going to go into these members real fast, just to. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> just to give a quick rundown, I got some things you might you might not know. I don't remember if I had them in the notes or not. Uh, so 311 is Nick Hexum on vocals. Uh, it also says that he he's on keys and plays guitar. I think he does play guitar in the band pretty frequently. But I've seen him hold the guitar in the down video for sure. Okay. But I've seen I saw another video yesterday where he did not have a guitar. I saw some live stuff where he's played some upstrokes. You know, he's playing some chords, keeping some rhythm. So, yeah, he plays. I I, I like the his Wikipedia headline is he's an American singer, songwriter, and rapper. (laughs) He calls himself a rapper. Well, I don't know if he writes his Wikipedia. For sure, somebody calls him Google. that. Somebody, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, that's, that's actually pretty scant. You know, some of these, you know, it's like rap. It's like uh, singer, songwriter, poet, producer, uh, you I know, have... comedian, actor, DJ. Just like everything they've done maybe once. Right. I, I have so much to go into with yes, that, please, guy's, please. that guy's titles, but I... But, it comes up later in the career, the, okay. the key points that I have. Like, I need to hold off. I need to. Okay. Uh, Nick Hexum is not my favorite part of 311. I will say that for goddamn sure. Uh, Nick Hexum is the only one that has a Wikipedia page, as far as I could find. I think uh, so. That's that's surprising. I thought Peanut would have one. That, and that's the that's, uh, same. That's the weird part. Maybe Peanut has one under his real name. I didn't look for it. Uh, but Rick Johnson has one. I think you can make your own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean for that to be as mean as it was. I'm sorry, Rick Johnson. <laughs> I didn't oh, mean it that cool. way. You're, you're cool, man. We like you, man. <laughs> Fucking, uh, you know, Peanut, Peanut and Chad Sexton both, like I said, they, they've been featured in, in magazines for their particular instrument, for their craft. Um, Nick Hexum, as far as I can tell, just calls himself a producer of these, like, hackney, secondary wannabe sublime acts. This, like, third wave of this reggae, ska, punk rock, hip-hop fusion bullshit. Like, Pepper... Um, no, I don't know Pepper. God, there's something I can't remember the one. I, I have it in our notes somewhere. Something about like a lion or something. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a stereotypical reggae band. Uh, my guitar teacher would have, and, and this is uh, offensive to some people, I suppose, uh, would say. And my guitar teacher was a six foot tall Rastafarian man. Uh, this isn't necessarily a race, racist thing. I don't know. Maybe kind of. He would say he could tell when white people were playing reggae. And this is a guy I think that that's legit. That's, he played I think with Jamaican legit. bands. He literally toured with several famous Jamaican singers. He played fucking reggae. He has fucking dreadlocks down to the middle of his fucking knees. I kind of believe him. I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. and that. I mean, just seems- listening to reggae in the world, I I just know that's true. And, you and and that that right there is just like Nick Hexum's fucking thing. <laughs> he is just I, 
I, on that. Me, I, I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of days, listening to this 311, and, you know, I guess I just accepted when I was younger, like, well, I just don't understand, like, the artistic license to just talk like you're from Jamaica. <laughs> and, you know, that, you know, no one, it's, you don't often hear that with any other accent. I guess because it's just such a particular part of that kind of music, like that accent. Well, um, the, the Buju Button voices. Yeah, you can't really make all those sounds. You know, it's kind of like a scat singing thing, I guess. But, I, you know, I saw Tom Hanks's son, apparently, the one who's a rapper. He <laughs> yes. talks like a Jamaican, too. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, like those guys, maybe they listen to early hip-hop and they they say well those guys you know just switched to that accent but you know i think probably a lot of those guys are from new york and you know maybe their parents were like jamaican well, they, they, <laughs> you know? yeah they have a strong it influence from a lot of culture in yeah so i don't know man i don't understand the you know, for, i think the guy from sublime like he does it more well, earnestly it's just a way like I think this thing's like somehow this guy has internalized this at least. Like you know, it's still like okay, man. I don't get what you're why you're doing that, but it's Nick like, Hexum, I just yeah, you and just to look at the guy. I mean, he's very un-Jamaican. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, he it looks, looks like he like uh, is the manager at a health club. He sure does, <laughs> especially nowadays. And, and Back when 311 was getting, like, one of those videos I was watching earlier, uh, one of the, the early, early ones, it might have been down, it might have been one before it, that, like, where he's got, like, the frosted hair, yeah, and it's spiked yeah. up, and I literally yeah. thought it, that he was balding for a second when I looked at it, uh, like, and that was the style back then, wearing the track suits, yeah. bleaching your hair and spiking it, but, like, now when I saw it, it was a shock almost, I was like, whoa, whoa, is that what he looked like back then? I don't fuck he always looked like that huh always i think so man biked his hair up uh, yeah like this guy does not look like he's in a band i even thought that when i was a kid he looks like he's in a ed hardy commercial (laughs) yeah and the other thing is you know i mean obviously he's i mean he's not like a terrible (laughs) singer but he i i compare it to like steve miller or something where this voice just has no emotion to it whatsoever and he almost sounds like someone who's singing with like a completely dead straight face and like moving their mouth but nothing else on their face that's how i picture him like his whole face is still except his mouth and like i'll just say a few notes somehow somehow that right there describes how i feel about the entire band's playing at a certain point <laughs> yeah in their career. a little of that yeah it's not um, a little emotionally distant especially towards the later stuff once we get like the newer stuff it when when you start seeing other writers coming in it, interesting so they brought in some writers oh it starts happening uh but so nick hexham uh, Nick Hexum's brother, Zach Hexum, he has appeared and helped them produce several albums, I found out. Uh, but he also has a degree in jazz studies, has won awards for, in his compositions uh, for film and television, which he has done over 700, and has played personally on countless numbers of soundtracks uh, as part of an orchestra, uncredited or what have you. Um, kind of says something to me that 
this guy's older brother. He had he had to live with his older brother actually being a musician okay, <laughs> his yeah, entire yeah. life, and uh, decided to you know frost his tips, spike up his hair, and one up him. Uh, maybe don't know, <laughs> don't know. Well, What's you know, I read that Three Eleven sold uh, nine million records. Uh, we can definitely. I think this should be like stated for all these podcasts that we can totally kiss these guys' ass. I mean, oh yeah, fuck know, us. They've made a living making music for decades. I mean, they're still able to probably tour. You know, like this many years later. Yeah, I mean, so not right hey, now, man. obviously, the coronavirus. We can but. totally we re, we realize we can totally <laughs> kiss these guys' ass, but you know we listen to music, and um, we listen to on them. that base. Yeah, I, I I think anybody's allowed to say hey that that sucks or that's cool, and it does. If you if you think like uh, that person's making some definitive statement, that's your problem. But you know this is just relative to our <laughs> bullshit. We're just having. But we fun. can kiss their ass, Nick Hexum. Obviously, hey man, you you figured some shit out. And, yeah, yeah, right Dave, on, brother. Nick, if you want to punch me in the face and then go get a beer or something, like that's cool. I don't care. I'm gonna keep talking shit. I, I hope you don't mind me taking the piss out of you. Uh, don't sue us. Um, on to Aaron Peanut Willis. Peanut, Peanut. yeah. Slap that thing. Uh, I don't know if you if you found any of it. That guy could fucking play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck, it sucks. <laughs> His style is fucking whack but especially in earlier shit when they weren't caring about selling albums you know as much uh which maybe they're not but that's it kind of seems like that's a thing that happens uh there are some songs where they highlight peanuts bass playing and that guy can fucking work that bass um i think it might be a very strong reason why this band got as popular as they did. I think that's totally true. I mean, I think it's a great example of how even a very mediocre band with like a great drummer and bass player can uh, can make a huge difference. Hey, man, I um, don't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers at all, really. No. I really like Flea, and I really like their drummer. Is, it, is that also a Chad? Is his name Chad? Chad Smith. <laughs> Yeah. God damn, huh? it's Chad's. Chad's can play drums, huh? He's uh, a good drummer, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, solid, solid. It keeps time, you know, and plays what needs to be played, doesn't overplay. Uh, yeah, and and those two, I've, I've seen video of, of, of those two just playing, just sitting down and just, just going, you know, improvisation, and it sounds like a fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers song for whatever that means. Uh good musician so i think peanut peanuts right up there um and unfortunately peanut gets overshadowed by the mediocrity of <laughs> some of the stuff his band has made uh and their like insistence to stick to a particular formula maybe i don't know you know who does like red hot chili peppers is peanut I that guy that. uh i'm pretty sure he's imitating flea I clearly I, the Chili Peppers have to be an influence on these guys. It was Peanut's first albums. concert. Uh, the uh, name Three Eleven, though it comes from the uh, police code for indecent exposure, some say that it came from Flea getting arrested for indecent exposure. 
Interesting. And, which is kind is of. The, do you said exposure thing definitive? Have we? Do we hear? Do we have yes. that from the band? Okay. Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It, it is definitely the police code for that. That is why. Uh, they said a friend of theirs was streaking. I saw a couple other stories that said that it was flea streaking. I then tend to believe that it's very possible due to what seems to be the entire band's obsession with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is fucking revolting. They've named uh, the band after Flea's dick, basically. Pretty much. Just like just like everything 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 that they did. They just it's they want to be the reggae Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, because the Chili Peppers don't have they're well, they do have. There's probably a little bit of a funk aspect to it, but they just kind of turn the funk thing into to reggae. And that's that's why I was saying if you listen to the downstairs EP, the early one, that it, it definitely comes off with more of that funk band type of vibe. Okay. There's almost no none of the reggae. That makes sense. There's still that kind of groove, that kind of one drop groove that they use. You know what I'm saying? How they they kind of work that like. It's, they don't work the one drop in there. They work the 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 ones and or the the twos and fours with the rhythm, the reggae rhythm. You know, with the guitar, yeah, the, yeah. Ah, ah, or only on the three. If any of that's making sense to anybody, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, with you. I'm with you. Uh, it, it, there's still some of that groove there, but it was definitely much more of of a like dudes in the basement trying to play fish bones and and red hot chili peppers. Um, with a little bit of other influence in there. It's almost a little more punk rock. It's kind of cool. Uh, the rhythm is not as tight at all on those early ones. Well, how uh, old are they? Like 19, 1989. Yeah, we're talking... You know, I don't know. I, Let's I didn't... Look up, uh, 1989. How old is our buddy Nick? <laughs> how old is Nick Hexel? Really? What sort of anti-aging drugs are they giving him? Uh, while you're looking that up, I'm going to... Peanut, the name Peanut, while we're talking about names, comes from them saying his, maybe his head looked like a peanut or because he banged his head around when he played it. And I, I couldn't tell what he was saying because I watched him try to explain it a couple times. Uh, either they were saying when he bobbed his head while playing, it looked like a peanut, or there was a peanut inside rattling around. And either way, I, I think they're calling him an idiot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't know it doesn't seem fair to the guy that probably carries your band almost as much as your drummer but cool is the um, the first uh, EP all the same members as the later years this band has had almost this is a fucking this band is fucking amazing honestly as like somebody who tried to keep bands together and tried to tour and and uh, tried to do the musician thing for quite a long time. It's amazing that these motherfuckers did this shit. Uh, yes, it's been almost entirely same band. There was one other guitar player who quit. I, I don't even know if he's on a recording. Uh, I had his name in the notes. I took it out because it, it just he didn't do anything. Uh, he was just a super early guitar player. Uh, and the only addition comes from S.A., who I, I don't remember if it was on their second or third independent release that he showed up. I did, like, doing a guest spot. And by the fourth one, their fourth independent release, Hydroponics, he was a member. So it's been the same guys the entire time. Wild. Amazing. 
So did uh, the, the originally, did they just have the one gu- guitar player? Uh, no, no. I think it's always been like Nick Hexum would play some guitar, and then the, yeah, and then the other guitar player who was not Tim Mahoney, Tim Mahoney, Tim. Yeah, it says he joined in '91. Right. On the uh, Wikipedia. So they had a different second guitar player. I think they originally they just had the three of them. Yeah, maybe it was just the three of them. Interesting. There, there was one other guitar player at one point, Jim something. Uh, and like I said, I don't remember if he was he was on the any of the recordings or not. It looks like he was the first second guitar player for like a minute, and then. There the it is, yeah. Well, because so there's like a weird history there where before the first, wait no, after the first EP, uh, they moved to Nick Hexum, and I don't know, maybe one of the other guys moves to LA, and has a real bad time, and then comes <laughs> back like a year later. So, eh. You know, I think there might have been like a breakup time within there also that they just don't talk about because it was short-lived. Uh, it makes sense, you know, forming so a band. So almost was no 311. Yeah. I'm, and that's the, that's the other thing because 311 started out as, where's my notes? Uh, the Eds and then changed to the Unity or just Unity. And then... Fish Hippos before they became 311. And the fact that in 1991, they're self-produced, I think they basically consider it their first like full album. I think the two before it are like shorter versions, like EPs. Uh, they released a, an album called Unity, which makes me think that it's all the songs that were the band Unity. Or some of them, at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that makes sense, right? It's a, a lot of bands end up with shit like that. Uh, real quick, Fish Hippos? Fish Hippos? Fish Hippos. Huh. The fuck, man? <laughs> like, what are we working with here? <laughs> I, I, I would like... Man, we should... I almost want to try to contact one of the members of 311 to try to uh, get an answer on what that means. What I want to know more is... Uh, how did they end up booking a gig with Fugazi? They did? So they call it the first... They say 311's first show was at a Fugazi show. Oh, man. But I looked up the flyer, and it's definitely Fish Hippos. Uh, and I... Like I said, if you listen to the early stuff, it comes from much more of a funk-punk type of sound, type of idea. And... uh Opening bands are opening bands, man. You you need to find one. You find one. You stick them in there if they sort of kind of fit the jive, you know. So I get it. Uh, Fugazi, Do you know what year this was? Nineteen. No, I want to say ninety or ninety-one. Okay. I didn't. I didn't write down the date. You can find the date pretty easily. It's it's available. It's out there. I mean, just look up a Fugazi three eleven flyer and you'll see it. Uh, Never yeah. would have thought. And, and, you know, I'm sure uh, if you ask anybody from Fugazi about it, they'd probably be like, fuck, I don't remember. And it was, yeah, there was an opening band. They played some kind of, like, 
fusion funk. Probably wouldn't even. I mean, they probably played a lot of shows. Right. They'd be. Like, they'd probably be like, "Oh, we get fans showing us that a million times a year. Fucking great." You know. Okay. Yep. I found the flyer. So Fugazi. This is 1990 in uh, Omaha. So yeah, how many bands are there in Omaha? Man? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like, and who, who, it's a uh, sideshow, Fish Hippos, and Hangman. So it's not even 311. It was Fish Hippos. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like. So, uh, I mean, do we really need to go into the other guys? There's Chad Sexton. Uh, yeah. Uh. Chad, 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 by the way, has drum endorsements by every fucking drum company imaginable. And I'm going to say, as far as his position is concerned, fucking good job, Chad. Really yeah, smart right on your Chad. end. If, if you're going to play for 311, you should probably get some fucking sponsorships real quick. Um, you never know when that ship's going to sink. The, you know, yeah, here they here they are in 2020. That was also not a pun about their cruise line. Uh, they had a cruise line? Yeah, we see. We got, a, we got some Oh, man, we got to gotta, gotta speed we gotta, it up, man. We got to start getting, getting... Yeah, this is getting too much. We so, could do a Joe Rogan-length podcast on 311, man. There's a lot to say. So 1993 music comes out. It gets them some attention. It's major label, right? Uh, in 92, they made hydroponic. There wasn't a lot of fucking people that got it. It was self-produced, blah, blah, blah. We get down to music. This is actually on Capricorn Records. It's Warner Brothers. They have a, a somewhat of a budget, but apparently it doesn't get any sort of play or anything like that. So um, the band goes on tour. Again, we almost don't have 311. They lose all of their equipment. Uh, in, in an RV fire. Oh, brutal! Yeah, for the for the tour for their very first album that is major label release that they barely got any money for. Yeah, they end up losing everything. They make every gig except for one. Fucking amazing! Hard to believe. Wow. Uh, uh, all borrowed equipment. So that happens. It's a thing. They had a bunch of fucking singles off it, like four different fucking singles. Uh, some of them coming from the original recordings, the first ones. Uh, still doesn't do much. They move on to Grassroots. Now, Grassroots, this is the album that I had heard about originally, uh, at least I think. Um, it, it had a little more of the fan power behind it. Didn't do shit, though. Uh, these guys literally put all their stuff in storage. And went on tour and did not stop touring. Uh, it should be pointed out that 311 won a uh, broke a Guinness Book of World Records for touring. Really? In one year, they did the most gigs. I think it was 1996. This band is dedicated Damn. to getting around. They do not stop playing. Um, do we know how many gigs it was? It was close to 400. Damn. Mm-hmm. So more I, than one a day. Oh yeah, yeah, had to be crazy, fucking crazy. Respect, man. Three eleven. Right, and then you know, at that time, sound was new. A lot of the equipment they were using is new. It's kind of understandable how people would start following it. You know, uh, it's it, it's it's an easy structured thing too. It's poppy to some degree. I mean, some of those, I, a few of those songs are pretty catchy, man, I gotta say. So, I've got some lyrics here. I just want to run well, by that you. That was real. the hardest thing, I, I think, more than anything, 
I had a really hard time with the lyrics. Me too. Maybe getting some other people's help wasn't a bad idea. Right. Uh, I heard maybe. one where he said something about uh, something with my brothers, significant others. This is the rap from the song Homebrew. Uh, okay. I struck a bird, you heard, absurd. Word to the fact, I'm a cat. Nipping, sipping on the flask. Pass it, talking shit. But if you're an ass, and it goes on. Uh, rhyming like that, I stopped. I couldn't, I'm not uh, going to continue. Um, like some cat in the hat shit. <laughs> it's the be- not even the beginning of this kind of just ridiculous, like poorly written shit, but it's a prime example. And this is them starting to hit their stride. And that's what he's coming up with. Uh, there also that's from the song homebrew this is from the song nut symptom nut symptom one word uh smoke the weed that come from northern california do don't do don't do no cocaine that come from columbia that's the thing (laughs) that mash up your natural mash up your body and mash up your culture at which point a sick ass guitar solo starts playing that sounds like something from santana's smooth can't argue with that man respect yeah 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 um so they get ignored for grassroots except that they play so many fucking gigs that every fucking hippie knows who they fucking are uh this band kind of forefronted like the idea of a shitty not hippie hippie festival you know what i mean or like just took to it just really like like that audience right there, the people that that would go to a three day festival to get drunk, like and it, it, that's them. I mean, that's three eleven wants to be a part of that crowd. I think. I, I think they they want their fans to come up to them with weed. They started touring because they wanted to get free weed, smoke some pot, and fucking hang out with chill people, bra. Oh shit! I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think, that. I think, and yeah, I feel like that's, that's their cool. whole vibe. That's chill. Uh, but I feel like wrong with that. I feel like they helped bring that. I feel like they helped start that whole idea that, like, man, we should have a fe- or just like the idea of three eleven brought that around. You know, three eleven being popular and playing like stadiums and shit leads to all of a sudden bands that kind of sound like a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of reggae, but they're kind of like chill, bro. A little metal in there though too, so, right? You know, like. Making it newer. So yeah, we get to I think, you know, like when down hit, you had to have like a big distorted guitar sound. For sure. And that's where we're at. 1995, self-titled. They call it the Blue Album. The Blue Album. The Blue Album. Nice. Yeah. We're going to talk about another Blue Album later uh, when Uh-oh. we get to, to Weezer. Because uh, we're probably going to have to do a Weezer episode. Oh, yeah. That could be an interesting one. Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. They 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 broke some records with the you know they they with their personal sales and shit. The thing I'd like to point out with Down is when they uh or the Blue Album whatever also has a Don't Stay Home all mixed up. They bring in Ron Saint Germain, who is known for producing uh, Bad Brains Eyes Against Eye. Sonic Youth's Goo. Okay, yeah, yeah. He worked with Living Color, did songs for Mick Jagger, Fishbone, Ornette Coleman, Warren Zevon. The guy has a history. He's huge. Uh, maybe he doesn't do the best work with all of those people, but he still worked with those people. And um, he 
made he goes on to make four albums with 311 um also the album's mastered by the guy that does most of the remastering um for the grateful dead oh shit oh shit this album is huge it launches them into superstardom they're on trl my stoner friends are making me listen to this shit this is blonde carson daly yeah Oh, Carson Daly. Far out. What happened to Carson Never Daly? Never thought of that. Fucking. He, joined three, he dyed his hair and joined 311. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, next couple albums don't hit for him. Uh, although, I know all of these fucking songs. Uh, Transistor, 1997, they, they put out... Oh. Oh, what? Can we talk about Transistor for half a second? So I, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. and Maybe I just, it's my own ignorance, but the album's called Transistor. Uh-huh. And the cover looks like a bunch of vacuum tubes with like a meditating dude on the top. Maybe that's not what it is, but it's what it looks like to me. And, uh, I gotta look this up. I don't get why that... It's weird, because, you, know, like, you know, at least the guitar amp world, like, you know, the old amps are... are use vacuum tubes and then the solid state amps you know replace the tube with a transistor and so i don't, I don't think they're the same thing and so, yeah, i don't so, get why the cover of transistor has all these vacuum tubes it's really weird <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe I, there's some like you know like technical like similarity that i don't know you know maybe this is just me showing what a dumbass i am but i don't get it I mean, maybe at most I might say that it's, <laughs> it's because I have an answer for you. It's not nice. And oh, please. Okay. I mean, no, both. Both. I have two answers for you. I'm sorry. I have two answers for you, and they're not nice. Uh, one, oh, I, I think the designer or the or the band would probably say that hey, you're just being picky, bro. It's like amps, oh, and dude. there's like, dude, like they're like meditating on it, bro. That's what I think the legit answer is. Um, <laughs> from them, anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, my legit answer is oh, it's because it's because they're stupid. <laughs> it could be. It's a, I don't know who. I don't know who designed it. It's not great. Okay, that's it. It's just it's just it's not great. It's it's a little off mark. Uh, it's a weird album cover. It looks. And I can, yeah. It I, looks I, trippy, I bro. Like, it looks trippy. Even when that came out. I remember that, oh, and I didn't. I didn't like them. Still, it wasn't until I think that live album was the first one. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And even going back, I guess that's the next one. Maybe in the discography, it's probably around that time. Sound system. It's. I don't know. It's just called Three Eleven Live. I think. Oh yeah, I skipped over the live one on my notes. That that is a thing. That's from New Orleans too. I think. Uh, but it's by the actually way, like uh, I, I went back and listened to it. It sounds better than the albums. I think that wouldn't surprise me entirely so transistor also has the song called beautiful disaster which i in my google search today revealed it is tattooed on more than several people i like all with almost the same font yeah yeah that's true (laughs) and a lot of them on the lower back go figure this is so uh if if saying that whoever made and okayed the cover for transistor is stupid was a little harsh i would just like to direct everybody to the lyrics of beautiful disaster that go 
I try to be not like that. Some people really suck. Some people need to get the axing. Chuck it up to bad luck. So, I, I'm, I was totally wrong. This band is fucking brilliant, obviously, right? <laughs> well, like, even... Uh, you know, I have in front of me the lyrics to the, the biggest hit song, Down. And uh, the first verse, just to read it out, which, you know, the way he sings it, it, it it's a very odd... Uh, I've never heard anyone rap like that. It's almost like a really happy like it sounds like a kindergarten teacher talking to a kid or something uh, and <laughs> just listen to these words by themselves chill light on my sight as my ego becomes a funky child with some words on my tongue be like intake of breath and my mouth gets loose while i scatter my spit i dream of juice have you ever made out in dark hallways displayed a kiss that made your day or say played a track from your record collection it's your mix. Congratulations. And then? What the fuck? Have you ever played a song from your record collection? Yeah, I have. I have listened to a song before. What's your mix? Fuck. Fucking congratulations. Is it? No. It's just a song. That's my you guys mix. Put, put on a record. Yeah, congratulations. What Dip the fuck shit. is that, man? Are you, it's all the, not like, are you being a dick? Right? The way he says it. It's your mix. Congratulations. Well, and, and so, like, what the, the whole, fuck is that? The whole thing about this fucking band is that they put on this fucking air of, yo, it is all about positivity. It's nothing about positivity. That's why, you know, some people need to get the accent and chalk it up to bad luck. Fucking, like, what, dude? Like, yeah, man. Like, this is the puka shell necklace dude that just beat yeah. the shit out of you because he wanted to fuck your girlfriend and she wasn't into it. You know? Like, totally. uh, fuck. So, this is why I have a problem with 311. Is because at this point, their gross pop formula amalgamation of jam band, reggae, hardcore, hip-hop, funk has brought all of these stoner, middle-of-nowhere kids that no jack shit about that kind of stuff into that kind of stuff and they don't necessarily like it they don't necessarily like going to fucking some kind of hardcore show but they're gonna do it now because they started listening to 311 and 311 said they kind of like this that or the other thing and they start thinking that Metal sounds like 311, or that punk rock sounds like 311. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, it's not that this is the reason why I don't like 311. It's just that this is something that I saw coming out of it. Where it's like, you kids don't know. <laughs> they came into your world. All of a sudden. And, and they're dicks. <laughs> you know, they're fucking, they're dicks. It, it, Where's the positivity in that? What? what uh, I'm being an asshole. No, being a dick. You know, these guys are being dicks, so yeah, they're positive. Yeah, they're positive all the fucking time. And, and, like, this is a broad generalization. You know, this obviously does not apply to most 311 fans. I'm just saying that there is a certain set of 311 fans that seem to be pretty vocal. At least broad at the time. generalizations is what this podcast is about. Pretty much. <laughs> it's not friendly. Uh <laughs> But you know what I'm saying is is it it, it it was no longer 
just the solid fans of 311 that happened to know 311 because they liked these punk rock reggae party bands. <laughs> hey, cool. They fucking threw in some rapping because they listened to rap. You know, all of a, all of a sudden it's a, everybody's there. And it's not always cool people. And it's, it spills over. It spills over either way. You end up getting bands like, yeah, like Green Day coming out. I mean, Green Day, Green Day and, and 311, I think, all rode the wave that Grunge brought in for most of those, like, underground bands. And that underground, yeah, that's interesting. Like, that kind of different sound. examples of... And totally different kinds of bands, too. But, yeah, like, it had, like, a really big distorted guitar... Yeah, and, and it just and it was poppy kind of, and the acceptance of it being played on the radio and being played on MTV, because MTV was huge at this time. Yeah, I mean that was how you heard anything, you know. Yeah, at that time. Yep, unless if, you know if you were our age, unless you were least. going to like the record store and and like hopefully you had a little record store that would bring in some like independent shit or like hopefully there was a place nearby that had a show. And then maybe you'd see an, yeah, open, I mean, an opener band. I, but, you know, some of this is when I'm like nine or ten, you know what I mean? For sure. Like, where you're going to get that, like, you don't have an older brother where you're going to get that information. Yeah. No, TV was like a crucial thing in those days. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So I lost track of 311 after that, like, I don't know. That was like when I was done with it. grade. Like, I just kind of forgot about them and never heard them again. So what did they... Well, so... They're still around. I, okay, I looked on Spotify. They have a ton of albums. 1999, and, uh, they, they do Sound System. And that's pretty much the last one that I... I remember from Chaos because of uh, Amber, right? But uh, other than that, there was, like, still a presence. I mean, if, if, you, if you remember right, so 2001, I graduated. I think. And that was the year that Amber came out. Oh, Amber is the color of... That song was fucking Yeah, huge, okay, right? I remember that song. Yeah, and, I must have heard that on the radio or something. To, to me, that was when 311 sort of became uh, like something you might see at a county fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> like something the city might bring in as like a nice surprise for the kids. I played the county fair. Well, so that up. Here's the other thing. Is just before that. So Sound System comes out. Sound System had Come Original on it, which I think is the only song you would really know. Uh, they switched up producers on that one, by the way. Uh, the guy, one of the co-producers, is the guy that uh, produced most of Phil Collins. He produced some uh, Paul McCartney, XTC. Uh, some Frank Zappa, though I can't figure out what it is. Uh, he worked with Frank Zappa on something, apparently. I think it's prob- probably one of the orchestra things. Uh, he did some David Bowie and Kate Bush stuff. So uh, the guy's got a big name, right? Uh, yeah. But he gets kicked out after this one show. But just after they make Sound System, 311 Day becomes a thing. These guys have their own fucking day. Oh, shit. 311 Day, obviously March Damn. 11th. Uh, That's wild. Oh, that where, makes sense, yeah. Where they normally... So they'll play like... City festivals, casinos, and cruise ships, because also in the year that they started, in 2000, year 2000, they also uh, open up their recording studio, The Hive, after suing their management and getting themselves free from contracts. So now when it comes to them making Amber, they have their 
own studio. They are free from contract. They have moved to Volcano Records. They brought back Ron St. Germain. Uh, it's huge for them. They can't come back from that. There's nothing this band could do. This is where they drop off. You know, uh, they had an album after that, Evolver, that didn't really do much. Uh, this is also when they make the thing that pissed me off the uh, Cure cover of Love Song. Okay, on the 51st dates, uh, you need to look up that video where they're playing oh, in the tiki bar for some bizarre reason. Evolver also. This is a, a movie soundtrack? Yes, for an Adam okay. Sandler movie. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I think I, I, mean, I didn't see that one, but. Yup. We'll call it. Um, any comments on Amber? or anything before we go into what happens when they're downfall uh, and the end of 311's podcast here? I mean, I guess I just must have heard that on the radio at some point somewhere and just thought, oh, like, is that that must be 311. They're still doing music, huh? <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the extent of it. Like, yeah, that just sounds like every 311 song, but they drop the heavy guitar. Yeah. Uh, that song reminds me of, of Line 6 amps. There is yeah, all their stuff, yeah. Especially, like especially then. I think, I think that's the point at which Line Six was like, "We're gonna make an amp, and you're gonna have a sound on it. There's gonna be a setting for Amber. It's gonna be fucking tight." Yeah, uh, definitely. That song features the the words. By the way, I'm just I, I like reading the quotes because that shit is ridiculous. And just like, how high were you? Uh, brainstorm, take me away from the norm. I got to tell you something, this phenomenon, I had to put it in a song, and it goes like, whoa. (laughs) Dude, that rules, man. Being able to just, like, bullshit, like, millions of dollars into existence. I'm just like, who gives a fuck, you know? Yeah, (laughs) I kind of respect it, man. And they've been doing it at this point. We're talking, that's 2001. (laughs) <laughs> it was 1988, so you know. Wow, 2001. That song is that old. Yeah, these guys wow. obviously never really gave a shit about making something that was going to have like awesome musical development. Um, I don't know. Do you think they think it rules? I mean, or do you think they're just like whatever at this point? Like this is what people want. I, they must be into it. I th- yeah, but think I, it's awesome. I don't. I don't think they want to play anything other than like, yo, let's go throw down a groove. Oh, you, I see. Okay, if you they, know, you, like they could, they would be content doing like what their early stuff is like, and they need to do more. Uh, totally, they're more of a crossover band, like Incubus or whatever. They've, they've crossed over into like they need to do something that'll appeal to a wider range of people. And 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 I mean, if they get to keep playing shows and they get to keep touring around and making money and you know hanging out with each other, they they probably. I mean, they seemed like it was just a party band to start with. For sure. That's uh, how I think of Sublime. They're like Sublime, but they didn't, they didn't die before they became famous. They're, yeah, they're, and they just kept going. Like, so what would Sublime be doing now? What would be Sublime be doing if they'd like hold up in Omaha for most of their lives? <laughs> Not done heroin, right? Uh, so here come my favorite things that, to me. 
just show a complete downfall. And I think a, a total different sect of society would say that I'm insane and that this is absolute proof that 311 is a really good band and that they absolutely made it and that they, they don't even need chart success or anything like that. But um, the next album, and, and this is also unfortunate to me, is entitled Don't Tread on Me. Yeah, I saw that. That's uh I wonder if that was before that became really... I think that was before... Uh, a few years before that was like associated with uh, the Tea Party and whatnot. Well, I mean... I think they just I, really like, oh, I didn't see the... I didn't see a head on that one. <laughs> I probably want that one back. I feel like there was always a group of like... Uh, uh, pig-headed assholes that would adopt that fucking... That, <laughs> that probably, slogan. Probably, but... Yeah, but I don't know. I think it was a little more. You could be at least could be forgiven for just like thinking it was like a generically like oh it's like we could use that from yeah, the yeah, flag. Yeah, yeah. Well, you it, know what I mean. I mean, if it wasn't in the popular consciousness like it is now, right? And and I, I think the "Don't Tread on Me" thing also does uh, fall victim to some of the like uh, Pepe the Frog type of unfortunate circumstances where people who misunderstand what that statement meant what the flag with what it all represented and they just take it and apply it to their own hateful rhetoric i think that happens a lot or to their own shitty music like uh 311 <laughs> here we go <laughs> don't tread on me bro what are you doing? <laughs> yeah and i listened and that's another song that i must have heard on the radio because i listened to it and it was familiar and i definitely wouldn't listen to three and that is like some and see, I don't, I don't remember that one. I got some of the lyrics here. Uh, it just sounded familiar, like the chorus. Like I've heard this on the radio somewhere. Is it, oh, there's like I've a, been in a restaurant when this was playing. There's a, there's a clock in my head, and despite what it says, another one on the wall. They don't agree at all. <laughs> don't tread on me. Shit. I, I don't, I, I don't know what that's about. So. Um, they didn't really sell that well on that one, though. There was no like real hits. Don't Tread on Me was the hit. There was another one called Frolic Room and one called Speakeasy. Uh, I'm sure once I get like the blog and shit set up, if anybody actually listens to this and read it, they're going to tear me a new one, telling me that Speakeasy was a huge song or some shit. I don't know. I don't care. It sucked. Uh, it, it comes up with, and that's where I don't remember shit from 311, Uplifter. And, and this is where I was going with stuff is they bring in producer Bob Rock. Do you know who Bob Rock is? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Law from Metallica. There we go. Black Album on in. Uh, which... One of my favorite uh, making of uh, documentaries ever. Uh, he's in the year and a half of the making of the Black Album. Everyone should go check that out on YouTube. It's fantastic. It's, Hilarious stuff. It's the last Metallica album that I like. Um, I'd say the guy ruined Metallica. That's fine. That's whatever they're metallica i don't give a shit ruined slash made metallica yeah absolutely he took metallica from us gave it to the world absolutely (laughs) uh (laughs) and you know that's that's another domino effect of uh that fucking asshole helped make new metal fucking come to the mainstream leading to he, he did some of that stuff Three eleven. Well, I, I I'd say that black, that the black album by Metallica. Oh, okay. Totally. I think like new metal, like like Limp Bizkit. And he, he, I didn't see anything where he made that stuff. What he actually did do, 
the, the most interesting I saw was one of his first albums was by the Canadian Subhumans, which really? was like in the seven, like 1977 or something like that. So Bob Rock started off playing, like, like fucking around with some like punk bands, like fucking punk bands. But what he's known for is more like uh, doing the popular stuff from bands like Our Lady Peace, Bush, The Offspring, uh, and not like Epitaph Offspring, I'm talking modern, later, major label Offspring. Um, he did the Motley Crue albums, which I think is how he probably got into doing mainstream Metallica albums. Yeah. Uh, at least that He's was a hit maker. Yeah, right. He's definitely a hit maker for like hard rock bands. So, um, in, my, in my notes, he, he loves picking up washed out alt hard rock bands. Uh, it's his thing. It, it didn't really do much for him. Uplifter didn't sell. Uh, I, again, this is like maybe with lyrics like, Hey, you, you're my constant companion. You've always let me explain just what I'm saying, and then we've just begun. Uh, I don't know. I could see maybe declining record sales coming. That's. Uh, they well, not, you know, Napster, it was a tough time for the whole uh, industry. 2009. On top of that. Yeah, streaming wasn't quite a thing. You know, I mean, it was, but. Not it wasn't as powerful as it is well, nowadays. Well, but there was there was file sharing though. I guess yeah, it hadn't gone fully into streaming, but you know there was all the peer to peer stuff. So they go on to make another one with Bob Rock, and at this time is when they start the three eleven Caribbean Festival cruise. Uh, they go out from what it sounds like. They basically float around Florida, Florida for like three four days. Uh, they bring in bands like Dirty Heads, Pepper, uh, Bad Fish, that's the Sublime Tribute Band, uh, wow. Real Big Fish. So any of those type of bands start showing up. And they also start the 311 Powwow Fest, which is pretty much the same bands, just, you know, on land. Man, if we could get a caller to call in that went to one of those and tell us about it, that would really make the... Uh... Make the podcast. I feel like uh, you know we'll put the feelers out there. If anybody's anybody has any three eleven experiences and ends up listening to this and wants to talk to us, uh, we 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 would not mind coming back and doing episodes or short pieces to uh, to talk to you guys about your experience with three eleven. <laughs> Particularly this cruise. This is, yes, I want to know. Did any you know? Did people get sick? You know, like what happened? What does three eleven do this whole time? Are they hanging out with people? Wait, is it four days of three eleven playing every every night? Uh, well, you know, actually, God, we should. You know, we'll we'll hook our our, our bros up um, as we're coming to a close here. Three eleven is playing on a uh, Saturday. Oh. And they're doing a drive-in show, so you can drive in your car and probably give you a little speaker and you listen to 311. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. This Please. Saturday, folks. Uh, Sit there and climb shocked your if car. anyone heard this and went in time, uh, especially. It's probably in California or some shit, but I think that's where I said it was. Or Phoenix? It's in Phoenix, I think. Huh. Yep, yeah, it's going to be in Phoenix. Show, huh? yeah, that's, a, that's good for, you know... Uh, I don't like these drive-in shows much, but uh, it's better than than assholes like Smash Mouth, who just decide to go and fucking play and give everybody Corona like it's no big fucking deal. So, uh, fucking Smash. Well, Saturday for about uh, well, this is these are secondary market, but these tickets are going for a hundred bucks on uh, something called SeatGeek at least. Sit in your fucking car, bro. So. 
They're in Phoenix on Friday, and then somewhere in Ventura County on Saturday. So, so yeah, uh, go man, go 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 see three eleven, live it up. Uh, let us they let got us gray know. hair now, man. Yeah, or or died. I see some gray. They're probably doing a touch of gray, so you know it looks like they're just like it's. You know, this guy doesn't dye his hair. There's a little bit of gray in it, but I, I saw some really. pictures of, of Nick Hexum for a second, like a couple years ago, where it was like, "Dad, stop dyeing your hair." <laughs> He's got a full head of hair. I mean, God sure does. Him. Sure does. Yeah, that's what that Son Hollywood money will do for you. Bitch. That's what the Hollywood money will do for you. <laughs> he might just have the genetics. You never I don't know. know. You know, he's a pretty yeah. guy. You know, I I, I, uh, I I read a thing just the other day. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, in uh, in the movie Rain of Fire, shaved his head because he was going bald. Uh, no nobody liked it because he had like you know great hair or whatever and, and he says he he claims he just did some uh, like super fancy Hollywood treatment shit to his scalp and it's fine oh, well, <laughs> some kind yeah, of conditioning fuck you thing. Matthew McConaughey right um, all right let's 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 get into the very very end here leading up to the drive-in shows we don't have much further to go with 2014 they put out stereolithic and here's what happens right now is where they start bringing in outside writers um maybe not a bad idea based on some of the lyrics we've read right right maybe not stereolithic doesn't really do much there's only one single it's called five of everything uh i don't think they really care they also put out a uh on on 311 day live with the unity orchestra so there is if anybody wants to listen to 311 play live with an orchestra none of the hits either and i didn't know any of those fucking songs all deep tracks is it was kind of cool because about this time it's not cool as in i didn't want to listen to it but it was kind of cool in the fact that around this time a lot of 311 songs start consisting of tired strumming chords and that singing style on top of it where um Maybe it's supposed to be more melodic. Maybe it's supposed to be getting away from the hardcore stuff. It's maybe it's trying not to be quite so hard rap. Not that they ever necessarily were. Uh, it's like, it's like this is a rap band for like suburban kids, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah. It's like people that haven't had to deal with fucking shit. Actual rap music. <laughs> yeah. Just as far as that, like they've just not had to actually hear rap music. Uh. But in this era, they started, although, they, I mean, there's obviously there has to be some of that, and it still definitely sounds like 311. It, it just kind of flattens out into this almost hippie chord strumming type of thing uh, with some, like, guitar noodling here and there. Fucking, this is also when they start doing 311 Amber Ale from Nebraska Brewing Company. <laughs> so please, please go to Nebraska nice. Brewing Company and get the 311 Amber Ale. Uh, they also began producing the 311 Grassroots Uplifter Vape Pen, available online. 311, we are hawking your shit right now while talking Dude. shit. 311's Grassroots Uplifter yeah. Vape Pen and CBD cool. pills and oil. Uh, they don't sell weed, but it's oh, CBD. Man. They are totally so they have, CBD salesmen. Oh, are they selling supplements too? 
Uh, they I should don't do know. a supplement the, uh, store. They, they do. We should do a supplement store. I agree. Worse than 311 supplements. <laughs> Fresh from 30 percent discount code with the uh, discount with the it, code uh, 311. 311 supplement pills now with CBD. Uh, yeah, CBD fucking uh, brain. It's called Brain Tech. It makes your your thoughts sharper. Your fucking you know, your proposal's better and all that shit. I, I didn't talk about it earlier. I've been trying to move along, but, you know, I, for some reason, I just I just need to point this out, too. They have a song called Guns Are For Pussies, and if you think guns are for pussies, you definitely need to get some of this 311 <laughs> brand <laughs> CBD supplement. <laughs> I, was, I actually, uh, I remember someone telling me that. I thought that was really cool that they had that song. <laughs> And I think I agreed at the time. And I was, I saw it today. I was like, that's like, sounds like someone's never had a gun pointed at them. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> also, like, stop calling people a pussy. It's not okay anymore. Yeah, again, not very positive. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know where this is coming from, but. Uh, so, and also, with, they also decided to branch out and sponsor the uh, NASCAR BK racing car. Which no you, shit. You can Burger see, King. Uh, I I don't I don't know, man. They, I don't know exactly. Beak, they should have a, a whole thing. Uh, Three Eleven and Burger King are teaming up. To there's there, there's you a know, shit sandwich. It's it's like the whole back fender portion, like on the side of the car, the big old Three Eleven logo, fucking right there. Yeah, these guys are all over the place. So they've diversified. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they made they made a, a good call. Um, rocking their their. Sh- I mean, the the a. I don't want to be. I don't mean to be super mean by saying this, but they're lucky that they got to keep playing this kind of music for as long as they did. Um. Oh, absolutely. I think and, that's. And the fact that yeah. they've they've chosen to branch out and uh, entrepreneur a little bit of entrepreneurship, I guess. Well, you're not getting touring income this year. You're living off your CBD money. You know, they, they, I mean, they got you have that. That's the best fucking move you could do for a band like that. Yeah, fucking well. And I will say to their credit, you know, you talked about all these shows they're doing. And that is how you build like a really serious loyal fan base. You know, all these people saw you, you know, when they were younger a bunch of times. You came to their town and whatnot. You, you know, you probably made a lot of fans that way. I mean, and that's probably the kind of fans you you keep for a long time over. Uh-huh. You know, that's how Pearl Jam is probably still so popular because they just toured so much and like you know you wouldn't you don't hear Pearl Jam on the radio anymore, but they sell out just. You know, huge places yeah, sure. every summer. You know, as much as they want. Well, not this yeah, summer, but you know. I mean, you know where I'm at. Everywhere I fucking go, like every three days, I walk into some place. I'm like, what the fuck is this Pearl Jam shit doing here? And uh-huh. people fucking still love Pearl Jam out here. Uh, oh yeah. Fucking Eddie Vedder is just like walking on stage with Bruce Springsteen now. He doesn't even care about Pearl Jam. The fuck, I'm just gonna go play tambourine with the E Street Band. Fucking. And he just does this thing, man. That's cool. He's cool. The fuck are you, are you, Seems like he enjoys himself. Are you telling me if the boss told you that you could walk on stage and play tambourines with them, you wouldn't? Like, oh fuck yeah, right? I'm ready right now? For real? What's up, Bruce? Boss listens to this podcast. Actually, He's, at least it. for now, until we get. <laughs> 
Better than 311. I'll say that. Uh, but, you know, I got some criticisms. I've got some, yeah. I'll give him better than 311 and some criticisms. I'll talk shit about mad shit about Bruce Springsteen. Um, talk mad shit about one of the most legendary American musicians of the last 30 years. <laughs> okay, I'm going to push through this. We got two more albums. All right, yeah. It's, we're so right, almost yeah, let's, done. Let's wrap this up. Uh, Mosaic comes out 2017. This one, they bring in John Fieldman on production. This is the guy from Goldfinger. If you remember Goldfinger, it was the uh, uh, ska, Kinda, yeah. ska, ska band. They did the song Superman. So here I am. Uh, I, have, I had the album. It was great. I loved it. Uh, it's the only thing I know, too, is for that one album from when I was like 14. Uh, apparently, we're going to have to do a Goldfinger episode because John Fieldman is huge. Uh, huh. He played that band... Uh, Oh, you know what? I might be wrong. John Feldman is the one that broke the record for number of live shows in the year of 1996. Oh, fuck off, 311. You didn't do shit. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, He's the guy that signed the used Foxy Shazam to Warner Brothers. He produced Hilary Duff, Panic at the Disco. Blink-182, he does A&R for Red Bull Records, uh, BMG, Big Noise Collective, uh, runs his own record label, has a beach-based music festival, uh, and also became vegetarian after seeing the movie Babe, and thus began working for PETA. Babe, the the pig? The, The pig movie. Interesting. Christ sakes. Um, Interesting. So this guy's a, a real, like, a thinker, an intellectual. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he's a mover and a shaker. He gets things done, right? So they bring him in on I Mosaic. See why. And what ends up happening is this album has 17 people credited as with composition. Wow. 17. This song, this song, this album is... Uh, That's why it's called Mosaic. Well, yeah, probably, probably. It was their first successful release since the release of Amber. Uh, the hit, Jesus Christ, if you're ready for it, is called Too Much to Think. And it goes a little like this, a little, little clip. I think this is the, the chorus. I couldn't really tell. The song was just really bland and awful, hard to get through. Uh, I want to get high, but you're taking me down, down, down. Don't got time to waste or time to kill. I've had too much to think. Oh 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 oh! I've had too much to think. Well, so it took. You know, what's even funnier is that that is not a new concept. And getting high and going down. No, too much to think. Captain Beefheart and Ashtray Hart had a, but he had he did it in a good way. But it was like somebody. Someone had too much to think. <laughs> uh, Ashtray Hart, great song. Uh, someone, uh, Case of the Punks. Well, it's. Uh, I think the difference good, would be that one. I believe firmly that Captain Beefheart had a very serious grasp for the absurd and for uh, how comical it is to use such a like bad play on words, you know. Which works, whereas yeah, well, and also it's just in this series of really, you know, one bizarre image after another, rather than just banal. Oh oh, shit. oh oh oh! <laughs> we get high, you take me down. 
Yeah. Fuck it. This this opens. He opens with you used me like an ashtray heart. Come on, man. Get the fuck out of here, three eleven. <laughs> so they didn't write that. That's fine. It took seventeen people. Oh. They mimic it. That's true. Okay, you know what? Okay, <laughs> but I gotta say then to write that and like. You know, you're in a creative spirit and like you're, you know, you, we all have egos and whatnot. And like you, you could be forgiven for writing a line, a, a song like that. But to yeah. pay someone to write a song I like know. that, read it and then okay it and do it is a totally different thing. And, and like I even get not caring what your lyrics are because it's more about the vocalization, using your voice as an instrument, or, you know, add, adding something like that. Uh, I, I get that. I'm fine with that. And, and that's... Uh, 311 employs a lot of techniques to their music that I like with other musicians. I like aspects of, of fusion, you know, when, sure. it's, when it's applied to whatever. I, I don't mind when sometimes when bands use dub lyrics and it's done in a smart way. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's... That's, that's perfect right there, you know, and dumb as hell. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but that's not what happens with 311. <laughs> it's not at no, all. No, 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 it's not. Um, the most recent thing they've done is Voyager. It was put out last year. Uh, has a song on it called Good Feelings. Uh, a, I think that sums it up. Uh, not a lot. Yeah, not well, a, it's, it's their, that's the perception, but as we've... Uh, discover it kind of diverges from reality. <laughs> I don't think they know what reality is. Uh, fuck it. Every day is 311 day in their world. Fucking right it is. I am sure of it. Fucking. <laughs> At yeah. least for what's his name? Nick Hexum? Yeah, which by the way, uh, just to circle back and have this never end, uh, I know, I, I remember this kind of, and I confirmed they had a song called Nick's Hex. N-I-X-H-E-X. Oh. What's all that about? Uh, I think it was about weed. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, actually. about <laughs> <laughs> like getting high. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, look that one up. He named a song after himself and made it about smoking weed. Yo, guys, what are we going to write this song about? Smoking weed and playing music. Whoa! Oh, smoking a herb. Smoking a herb. Lord of mercy. Do Dude. you think they talk like Jamaicans? <laughs> Peanut beat like, that thing. <laughs> Chill. Oh, what we going to do today, boys? What, what were the fucking... Oh, I skipped over them. There were some quotes from a song that was... It was from Creatures, was it? Where they said, Watch it now! And check it out! That, like, oh, god damn it. Like, the watch it... I, don't, I think they just sampled a Jamaican guy. I don't even know. Maybe maybe I'm being that an asshole. would be more respectable. <laughs> it would be a lot more respectable. Uh, I, that's another like most of those lyrics that I that I said were uh, so, not all of them but some of them were definitely done in a manner that was like the Jamaican what do they call that what is that style uh, I think there is a name for that I think there's I a name for it too I'm drawing a blank but that like Buju Banton type of uh, yeah I rapping I scatting type of thing that whole Nick that whole Nick Excellent thing. <laughs> yeah, that thing. That thing that he fucking does. Is that him or is that SA? I think that's that I think Nick Hexon does more of the uh Jamaican stuff. I think is just like I think SA just, really just does the guy. Like, I like to rap. I, I think he does the like rap. I think they both rap a little bit, but he's actually like a better singer, I think. 
I think essays the like, one though that like he sits back. Yeah, he's kind of he's like support guy. He's like the flavor flav, but he does lead on a few songs, like their biggest song. But I don't think he sings lead on a lot of them. He seems to more do like harmony vocals or like kind of like second. Uh, the rapping, like the he comes in to give it. He's hype. not a hype man. He's not he, Flavor Flav. He's, he's not a hype like man, the, but he brings in the hype. You know, he's what I like mean? the second guy. You know what I mean? So you, like you know, what I mean, like the right. You'll have the hype guy. You'll have the main MC, but then you'll have the guy who like finishes the line or like plays off it and goes like, "Oh yeah," and stuff. It's like he's like that. Guy. I, I I hate to make I, I hate to make this comparison because it's fucking so far off. But it's like having a song by Method Man and then like ODB comes in on the second class verse. And you're like, oh we shouldn't shit. even go we shouldn't even it's go dirty. there, man. But but that's what I, but that's what I'm saying where they try and I feel like they try and keep SA. The guys who push like the you know equipment in for them like the guys who take care of those guys and like this thing that they have maybe <laughs> we can compare it to but I know what you mean though but yeah where, where, the, where it's like you know SA way back and then you know it's when not you- like his 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 songs he's gonna or, or like if you know more like when um you know ODB like comes out and he has like these three dudes you've never heard of with him and like they kind of support like well, fill in the gaps but, and whatnot. But 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 I, I mean more like Essay is the aggressive one. Like he comes out with the oh, spit. Okay. You know, he's the one that actually can like bring the fucking rhymes. That can actually like have that kind of flow going. The more aggressive yeah, flow. Yeah, he, he's got personality to, right. to his voice. Right. It sounds and, like he's alive kind of. He's the one that I think we... Uh, Essay, you should be doing... I think I read he has a side project. But you could be doing so much more, man. He's just a DJ. He's a DJ in a rock, I, rock band. Yeah, but he could be really doing something that fits his style. Yeah, probably. It's not... I don't know, man. Why would like, he want let's to? Let's talk. Let's see what we can come up with. Give us a call. So, the only thing that I've got for Voyager, their most recent release, is that uh, it was produced by four different people. Uh, several of them are people that worked on all the other albums. Uh, but one of them is... Matt Zoe, who is specifically an EDM musician, which really, 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 I don't know, man. It's like 311 grasping for straws. When those 90s bands bring in these fucking EDM guys, I just don't know how I fucking feel about it, you know? And yeah, it, I don't get it, man. 2019, I feel like EDM's a little played out, and this just. Yeah, even, that's what I. Yeah. Even more brings oh. me to. They're pandering to this like festival vibe. The thing they don't get is already old. <laughs> right, they're old. Uh, which uh, there it this is. This is the album that came out last year. This is the album that came out last year. I I listened to a little of this on Spotify. How'd and, go? Uh, I thought it made their stuff from the early to mid '90s sound like fantastic. Yes. Yes. Like at least though they had some like very like catchy songs. Like and if you go through like I did, like just skip through three eleven albums and listen to like a, just randomly the beginnings of songs till you find what you want to listen to more of. They all kind of start the same with like some kind of really strong like riff that the song gets built around. Mm-hmm. And then and this one seemed to be doing the same formula, but 
it just had nothing did, even remotely memorable about it or catchy. Like I would find myself nodding my head to some of the older stuff. Like you same, know, it's same. like well crafted in in certain ways. Even if the song itself maybe isn't that strong, in my opinion, like there's elements of it that you can get why like it's a hit. Right, like a- all mixed up. That's kind of an annoying song, but got some really catchy little riffs and the whole rhythm of it and like it's got a bounce to stuff it. Is, it, it yeah it's got bounce man you know what it's gonna do it, so you can dance also to the it. lines so just get off of your ass so just get <laughs> off of your ass in like a really pretty harmony <laughs> oh man um, their singing is the worst part of that song that's definitely the what makes it annoying too is it oh, yeah that, that uh, looped like uh, riff uh, is kind of cool dun 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 it, da, da, that's they do that da, like it's like kind of choppy though too you know like they yeah. like all their stuff they that's that's part of their thing is that like stuttery rhythmic like dun, 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 like like bouncy yeah, kind of rhythm uh definitely. not that they don't switch out of that on okay like i said they do that strummy that boring strummy thing i didn't listen to too much voyager did you catch any of that like boring just like uh, I found some of that toward the end that there was like an acoustic song or something. Okay, yeah. I I, I felt like for a I while, and, and maybe much. they're trying to come out of that, especially with bringing in the EDM DJ. I feel like for a while there, they were going for that kind of laid back, almost that California post-sublime kind of campfire vibe. You know what I mean? With like a full band, yeah, or like, a hippie, like a hippie vibe. While still trying to and have hey, that man. emphasis, you know, keep the party going as long as you can. Hey, you know, good for them. Do what you got to do. Like, keep playing music for a living. That's cool. I, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to listen to it, but <laughs> you I, know, I feel like and my end notes here are. I, although I didn't hear a lot of development from the band, uh, you know, I, I still, I, I'd, I'd say that I, I definitely. Uh, at least respect the guys for their uh, dedication, uh, for their success. Um, they were just a garage band, as far as I'm concerned, and they went and made a name for themselves. Good, good on you, guys. Good on you. I'm, again, yeah, I'm not going to totally. listen to it either. Totally not going to. Um, I'm a little uncomfortable when it comes on. In fact, I don't. I don't enjoy it. I do not enjoy it. Maybe I did at one point. It's not my type of thing anymore. Uh, uh. And that's really, really all I got. I'm not a huge fan of you, 311, but I'm going to defend you. Because I do not yeah, I agree think that. you are the worst band ever. Conclusion, not the worst band ever. No, uh, but... Could, now, I could say none of this about the next band I want to do. I don't know if it'll be our next one, but... What, what do you think? I thinking? don't feel any of these... Who do you well, want? You know, Smash Mouth, man. I can't, I can't say any of these things about that. But maybe we'll dig a little deeper and find something else out. But I think that's going to be a really rude episode. Is, is that what you want to do I, next? I think we should do Smash Mouth next. That's the. Uh, I think so, man. Because I don't have any well, that, that any is, good feelings about that band at all. And that from is the first to the, the last. The one that ever heard them. We even got Gabe, whose original statement was that 311 is the worst. I, I at least got Gabe to say maybe. Maybe Smash Mouth is worse. Yeah, I kind of remember you. You said you brought that up. Uh, I. I mean, I think I could make a case. So, um, and, and I, I think this will probably be the longest episode we'll do. Yeah, this is like the. I, I meant for this to be about forty-five minutes to an hour. So, um, the first episode, we're feeling it out. I don't know. Maybe I'll edit some stuff down. It seems all pretty essential, but 
you know. Oh, we probably whatever went on some stuff we didn't need to, and that's how, that's how these go, right? That's if you listen to podcasts and you're podcast. not expecting that shit, then go somewhere that's else. What then. it is, man? So yeah, it's supposed to be kind of boring. If you want and this tangential, kind of, yeah, yep. Um, I'm gonna say though, is it worse than three eleven? Yes, three eleven is actually worse than three eleven. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Upon further inspection, 311 <laughs> All right. is worse than 311. Thank you, everybody, and we will see you next time we see you. Here comes a-